0: Here's a theme song You know it's not a mean song It's a good song Just as it should song American Brews and
1: Tunes shibbity bebity
0: whoa here we are back again with another one-off Wow, fantastic This is American Brews and Tunes My name is Stephen Johnston My name is Jesse Titus And here on episode number 90 90? I know crazy Ooh. we've reached
1: the ninth level
0: we've reached the
1: ninth decade
0: oh, ninth, we're, ten we're here with another one-off um, as you all know on one-offs we review the same album just uh, one, album. one that we both yep. know and one beer
1: yeah it's gonna be great
0: well maybe we'll see <laughs>
1: it's gonna be something i am excited for this one though specifically me as well
0: um, on this episode we are reviewing the uh, renowned now renowned. and somewhat polarizing album yeah kid a by radiohead yeah wow
1: are. wow yeah we'll, wow. we'll we'll uh touch more on why you said renowned and polarizing yeah after we try this fantastic well I, I assume fantastic beer that we're about to have
0: yeah what is this beer you might ask it's called boy by various artists brewing from right here in nashville tennessee yeah. I believe they are a. They're not a craft brewery. They're a micro brewery. Yes. Um, and they are all very that, small. All that is just classified by production size. Yeah. They're, they're very very small operation. Um, right here in uh, Nashville. Yeah. Cool cool little place. If you're
1: ever in the area, check it out. Yep. It's on Elm Hill Pike. Yeesh. What? What? Um, and this one was a hundred bottles were made. Yes. Of this one, we just snagged some because we're awesome. Um it says Tennessee whiskey barrel aged cold pressed coffee Russian Imperial Stout. Boom. Boom is everything life. that I like about a stout, uh, the coffee, cold pressed coffee in this in this uh in this one, um, Russian Imperial Stout, is gonna be fantastic. I certainly
0: think so. I I really haven't been disappointed from anything that various, various artists has done.
1: Yeah, same here. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. I have not had any stouts from them before. True. Um,
0: I've had their brown ale which was quite nice.
1: It's been um, a while in the general Agers. since I've had a, a, a like meaty stout like this or a big stout like this. I shouldn't say meaty. Cause meaty. Some of them actually are like a smoked stout. Yeah, you could say which meaty taste though. meaty. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So
0: a Rauch beer. We already had this one poured. We normally pour them on the episode, but this one we poured them before because this was a wax dipped bottle. Yeah. And sometimes those are a little challenging to open, so I didn't want to... Didn't want to do that while recording. Didn't want to stumble over the wax and accidentally cut my thumb off. So
1: you'll have to imagine a... <laughs> ksh, ksh, sound. <laughs> wow, this beer poured wow. <laughs> nicely. It poured so fast and yeah. so well. It's, it's pretty dark. Yeah, it is.
0: I feel like it's like a, a darkest night stop, but I still feel like it's not as dark as some of those
1: evil twin ones that look like sludge <laughs> yeah and i don't know why but just from smelling it it seems like it's going to be have a little bit of a lighter body than those two yeah it might not
0: it's uh, it still in at, not still not a light body but it, it compared to the evil twin ones yeah um it clocks in at 10.7 percent. so it's boozy. yeah, it is very boozy. it's a booze
1: machine <laughs> a booze machine a, booze, a bottle of booze it is almost uh, it's got a nice dark tan almost brown head yeah i would say dark tan yeah looks looks it looks delicious yeah, so why don't we give it the old cheers and try it out? You're right, why don't we? Let's
0: Cheers! People
1: down! down the various hatch.
0: Mmm. That's very smooth. Well, it, it almost seems thicker at first and then kind of kind of like lighter as you as as the taste kind of goes on.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like if you drop a uh you drop like a pebble in a in a pond, and then it goes in, and then the you know the water that comes up uh-huh. starts off really dense right in the middle. Then it ripples, Rup. just ripples, keep, continues to ripple th- throughout your mouth. Yeah, that's a good analogy, I guess. The flavor does. Yeah, it starts like a flavor wave.
0: I think this seems sweeter and creamier than I would have expected from a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, more normally, like a Imperial Milk Stout almost cuz it just yeah, it's, it's, a, it's got
1: that creaminess to it. It's really nice. Yeah, normally I guess like aren't uh Russian Imperial Stouts more malty than this? Uh, yeah, usually more bitter I would say. Yeah, this one doesn't have too much of a bitter flavor, which I'm not really opposed to. I kind of like getting, the fact that it's not
0: super bitter. I guess I'm getting some coffee in there, but it's not as It's not like black coffee. Again, it's it's got that creaminess to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because there, there Um, are. I definitely am getting a little bit of coffee though. Yeah, but it's
0: not like that Mm. super bitter black coffee flavor that some coffee stouts have.
1: Oh, you know what? On that second sip, I did get a little bit of bitterness. Did you? Which was kind of nice. Yeah, it was it was right on the top of the nose, like right on the top of the palate. Hmm. Just very slightly. Yeah. It was a nice nice beer. Not overpowering. Pretty smooth. Doesn't taste like ten point seven percent? No, definitely not. It almost tastes like chocolate milk. Just kidding. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that sweet and creamy, uh, but it's very, very good. But yeah, I, I really like it though. It's tasty. So yeah. good job, Various Artist Brewing Company. I could probably have more than one of these. Unlike a lot of those
0: evil twin, yes. humongous yeah, yeah, it's a little
1: bit more drinkable than that. Oh, it's a lot more.
0: Not that those ones aren't aren't good. They're just sludgier. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think to say. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy with this. Another fun little note is that on the bottle itself is the word boy, but it's an instruction of how to take that and turn it into a face. Like Kinda a drawing like of a boy. If, if you've ever seen like in a comic book or in like a kid's book, they'll have instructions on how to draw this cartoon and it'll have like a four or five step little little process. Little process and it's yeah. the first one's just like a couple squiggles and then you add onto it and add onto it until finally you have the face of whichever... Cartoon character, you're supposed to draw. They have yes. got one of those little instructions on the front and on like a graph paper. And then on the back is a blank graph paper and they give you a pen so you can try yourself.
1: Yeah. What a, a fun kind of little of a cool idea. Little, uh, yeah, kind of a cool little idea from them. A good idea. Good idea, oh Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this. Good job, various artists. You guys are the yeah, champions. fantastic. Um, yeah, again, if you're in the Nashville area, definitely check them out. They're a great little brewery. It's uh, maybe like 50 people. Do 100 people can fit in there? Yeah, small. Small. But they've awesome. got a game called Clackers there. That's super fun. Yeah. Good drinking game if you're also, there enjoying a few pints. You just need to be able to add small numbers together. Yeah, pretty much. Simple
0: addition. 1 through 10.
1: Yeah. You know, Piece 1 plus 10 cake. equals 11. <laughs> 1 plus 1 is 2? Yeah, exactly. 2 plus 3 is 5? 2 plus 2 is 5. No, it's not. What? <laughs> Isn't that a Radiohead song? Is it? 2 and 2 always makes a 5. Uh it was it what album is it from? Hail to the Thief. Oh, that's why I wouldn't know it. Oh. <laughs> I, that's the one that I haven't listened to the most.
0: Yeah, but we're not here to review Hail to the Thief. That's for another yeah. episode. We're here for Kid A. Yeah. So let's get into it, shall we? We shall. Before we get
1: up. into our classic track by track review which we always do, mm-hmm. let's give a little background, shall we? Yeah, we definitely should because yep. this is a uh, um, Radiohead was coming off of a huge tour um with their third album, Okay Computer. Correct. And that was a pretty Which came out in ninety seven. Yeah. This one came out in two thousand. So yeah. three year gap is
0: I feel like for that time period,
1: like albums were coming out every two years.
0: That's the, the song. Normally thing in the I 90s. mean that's
1: normally what's happening, right? Yeah. But yep. this was kind of a unique um break between because the tour, that OK Computer tour, was really taxing on the band. Yeah.
0: And and just everything after OK Computer. OK Computer was a huge success. A huge success, yeah. Um, so they had the tour, they had the press, they had the, the radio play, the interview, all kinds of crap. Um, the band almost broke up after that. Really? Lots of tensions. Uh-huh. Um, Tom York yeah. was very depressed. Yeah. Because he's a very emotional guy, mm-hmm. I guess. No, he is. He is, definitely. Um, but yeah, the band was, was very burnt out. Um, if you would like to see kind of like their mindset during that time, there is a documentary called "Meeting People is Easy." Um, you can find it on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. Yeah, um, and it literally just follows them. It's, it doesn't really have an, any agenda. It just literally it shows literally them, them playing shows, doing press, hmm. traveling, all kinds of stuff during the wow, OK Computer yeah. album cycle, and it it uh, it it gives you a good pers- perspective of where they are. Yeah physically, mentally, emotionally, all kind of stuff there. It's yeah. very very interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that being really difficult. Um especially cuz I'm assuming that they went on like a world tour. And they were like that's like the height. I wouldn't know I wouldn't say the height of their popularity, but that, at that time like they, they were, were huge. super they were, super famous. They were one of the biggest huge. rock bands at the time. Yeah, in the world. Biggest rock bands. Rock bands, yeah. Yeah. But after alternative that alternative rock.
0: They were kind of done being like they were kind of done being they were l- done being like the poster just a rock kids band. for the genre. Yeah they yeah. did not want to be a guitar band anymore yes. is what some of them said um tom york said he was not interested in melody anymore yeah. just rhythm yeah weird cuz there's still melodies that come in but yeah they're they're the less uh,
1: they're less like oh i have to write like a catchy melody for this or like the melody has to be like the the main focus of the song yeah you know that kind of thing but, i mean rhythm's definitely took the the forefront
0: in a lot of Yeah. regards. And Tom York.
1: I guess rhythm, you should say, like, it's more rhythmic based. Yeah. Like, a lot of the songs are not... um, Melodically based. Yeah, melodically based. Yeah, they're more rhythmic based.
0: I read... uh, I can't remember if it was on YouTube, but it said, like, Tom York was exclusively listening to, like,
1: techno and... I wouldn't be surprised. Electronic music.
0: (laughs) They gave a couple examples, and I did write them down. I should have. a couple bands.
1: uh, Yeah, from a couple of of the samples that they use in some of the songs, they were also listening to, like, minimalist composers... Um, like Paul uh what's his name?
0: Paul Anka. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: Minimalist composers like Philip Glass? Uh didn't mention Philip Glass, but maybe. Maybe. Um maybe not. I wrote it down here where is it? Paul Stanley? No, not Paul Stanley. Paul Simon? No Paul McCartney. Not Paul Simon, no. Well, one of the Pauls. Uh, but anyway, no, and they were also listening to uh, Olivier Messiaen, which is a composer from the 1920s and yes. the 30s and 40s. And one of his instruments that he popularized,
0: which yes, we'll touch upon which later. which seems really cool, by Yeah, the way. I don't know if you listened to that, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to Yeah, it.
1: composers like Paul Lans- <laughs> Lansky and Arthur Krieger, or Krieger, Krieger. Krieger. or you want to say that name. So. Um, so. When they went into the studio,
0: they were obviously trying to do something different. Um and Tom York had some severe writer's block, uh, and if you look into to anything, they talk about the amount of material that they were trying to write, yeah. and there was, like, just hundreds of little ideas and mm-hmm. half-formed songs that never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, so they really had a hard time coming up with something that they would, like, agree upon as a full song. Hmm. Um, but obviously they finished it, because they, yeah, they obviously up. finished it, yeah, um, but... The band members um, used a lot of newer instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, they they used some old instruments too, um, but the electronic instruments had a learning curve. Like I, I don't know if you you read anywhere, but they they said they had to like spend some days like reading manuals, trying I, yeah, to figure I mean, stuff out. Yeah, I mean,
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Like I looked up that one instrument, uh, the. One Mane or whatever it was called I don't know how to pronounce it A, I French, know how a French instrument mm-hmm. but, but it, it looks like it was stuff. involved Like a keyboard that moved And you could change the There's a wire that you Yeah, there was like a back wire with. you yeah. could play with And like a whole bunch of different buttons That you could push on it So Weird stuff I would assume that um, A lot of the instruments Would take a little bit to get used to But with that New instruments Electronic
0: stuff And not focusing on what they were known for Not every member played on every song
1: Yeah, that's um, interesting
0: like obviously, with bands, if you have an acoustic song, there's not gonna be drums. Yeah. Uh, but this is having like certain some songs with no guitars, no
1: bass. Yeah, it's sort of like um, hey, this is if we play this live, like it's gonna be a, a loop. Like it's just gonna, gonna loop. Yeah, let's have let's have a uh, sort of a loop, a loop beat and, in in some yeah. electronic
0: background synthesizer stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was it, some some people, bands were like some of the members were afraid of their role going forward. Yeah. Um, I've got a good quote here that that I found on. Um, Wikipedia, but it's from somewhere else Wikipedia. Um, what was his name uh, Ed O'Brien the drummer and Philip Seaway oh no it was just Ed O'Brien I'm sorry um, he said it forced the issue immediately and he's talking about uh, them accepting that not every band member needed to play it so it forced the issue immediately and had to be genuinely sort of delighted that you've been working for six months on this record and something great has come out of it and you haven't even contributed to it <laughs> but it's a really liberating feeling huh. So they were like worried about it for a while Yeah But then eventually they kind of liked it huh. But it's just so weird how he's like It's it's like this thing that we've been working on for six months And I haven't even contributed to it Yeah it's And so it's weird. liberating Yeah weird uh, So I mean obviously everyone's name is stamped to it But yeah, some people may have not had anything to do with some songs huh. And a very interesting thing if you're ever in a band
1: dynamic or,
0: Yeah Or group project how about that Yeah group project <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah But it's very interesting
1: um, but yeah, no. It's just the whole. They just really wanted to shift away from from rock, and they wanted to take a new, a new uh, outlook on what music could be, or like what music should be, I guess. And this album, Kid A, is what they eventually came out with. Yeah, um, it was very experimental,
0: very much electronic, so. techno, jazz influence, avant-garde, whatever you want to call it. Avant-garde. It's, it's, it's avant-garde. a
1: hodgepodge of all kind of things. Minimalistic is what I would say the dominating factor is. Yeah. Dominating genre. Yeah.
0: When they released it, also I don't know if you looked up
1: any of the release stuff. They didn't do much of the traditional like
0: marketing. Or no. Yeah, stuff. they
1: didn't release any music videos, any singles. But they used the internet and then a they, lot. Yeah, they put it up files online, and then people file sharing was great for them. Yeah, file shared a lot yeah. of their album like before it came out, before it was actually released. Yeah.
0: And after it was released, that's when the uh, polarization started. Yes, Uh, we'd mentioned that earlier. Critics, well, everyone was divided. Yeah, critics and consumers. Everyone was like, "This is the worst thing I've
1: ever heard." This is career suicide. Some people say
0: this is the best album of the decade. Yeah. Well, eventually,
1: I know, late like 2010, Rolling Stone named it the best, like the the best Mm -hmm. album of the decade. Yeah. So So it's uh, now
0: way after the fact. It is highly regarded, pretty universally. I mean, other than some people who just don't like it yeah um but it's it's for the majority most people think that this is a fantastic record
1: i mean even when i started listening to it i was like huh this is like weird this is different this is interesting yeah um it probably took me less listens to get used to it than for you but probably not really you liked it immediately too well, well like pretty for, much immediately. for me
0: i i had obviously listened to okay computer and then the bends after that yeah I mean, okay computer's got some weird like starts to go in a weird direction a little bit but not yeah. as extreme as a kid a uh but i knew how different kid a was you already knew i knew okay, it was beforehand. gonna be off yeah. the wall and weird yeah and so i was expecting like the weirdest thing ever so when i put it on, i was like oh this isn't that wild okay but it was yeah. it was just so much more accessible than i was anticipating so it was oh okay kind of like a just like a oh this isn't crazy this is
1: this is nice gotcha so yeah, I, yeah. I i got into it fairly quickly okay yeah that makes yeah. sense um well, what do you say we uh get into it then?
0: I say let's get into it. Go through some then. tracks. Yeah. I've got four recommendations and no ratings.
1: I think I also have four recommend either I either have four or three.
0: Well, we're going to start off with my first recommendation, or two.
1: which is Everything in It's Right Place. Yeah, that's my first recommendation as well. Prime
0: example of the change. Yes. If you look at all the other songs that were like the first songs on the records before, uh full band rock songs like Planet Telex and Airbag. Mhm. Like definitely guitar driven um or at least rocky there's there's drums in them at least yeah <laughs> uh this song is like some kind of electronic keyboard or loop whatever it is and the vocal and that's pretty much it and some kind of electronic like something like it's
1: yeah not a, it's, that's it's like it's not a drum
0: i don't know if it's a pad or it's some kind of looped something like that yeah it seems like, like a muffled almost yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it seems like it would be like a tom like a muted tom or something like that yeah. um but that's kind of like the, the, the thing that um, anchors the whole song. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, most of these songs have like one thing that is strung throughout the entire song that kind of anchors the whole song. That is like the one consistent thing that the listener hears throughout the song. Um, and then there are a whole bunch of other layers on top of it that build the entirety of the song. Agreed. Um, so that to kind an of, that, yeah, to an extent. Um, but that one weird muted thump is kind of the anchor in this song. Yeah. Um,
0: Got a weird time signature. Yeah. I say I would say five four.
1: Five four. I think I would agree, and I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, well,
0: mm, not even five four. I, I mean, uh, I, if you take like a, a full, um, a full a phrase repetition, a full phrase, whatever to call it, through the chord progression, um, it's definitely ten beats. Yeah. Uh, I would divide it in the Two measures of four, four, and then a measure of two, four. Yeah, but yeah. you can, I mean, you can divide it however you want. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a, definitely a, a slightly weird time signature,
1: but it's not weird if you don't think about it. So is it four, four, then six, four? You could do that too. Yeah. Probably. However you want to. Well, by the way, you described it. it would, that's what it would be. Yeah. But four, <laughs> <laughs> four, 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 and two, four. Four, 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 4. Two, two, four. four. <laughs> but either way, it is a. Uh, or 2000 as well. The year 2000. Like, I was in third grade. Yeah. Or, like, uh just going into fourth grade or whatever, because this came out in October. Um So, like, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think I listened to anything like this when I was that young, which isn- isn't really surprising.
0: No, I didn't either.
1: But, so I wasn't, like, in my teens when this came out, but I can imagine people at that time would be like... As soon as they put this into, this into their...
0: Yeah, like, this is just CD weird. player. They're like, "What the heck?" Yeah, they're like, "What the?" You know? Yeah.
1: But I I really like this song. Um, there's some uh, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say controversy as to what it's about. Um, a lot of people say that it's like kind of like a guy who has ADD or something like that, um, or it's the band acknowledging that yeah this this album is gonna sound strange, but trust us, everything is in its right place like it's yeah this is the way we want it like this is what we're doing now. They took all of the pieces of their music and put it into different places, yeah <laughs> The right place the right place as you would, yeah as you just said but yeah, yeah, or it's I've heard people say like it's talking like an existential way, like our place in the universe or something like that
0: lyrically it's got a lot of weird stuff and yeah. they've mentioned in certain places that some of these songs they they literally cut up random lyrics and pulled them out of a hat yeah uh, they yeah. didn't say which songs this might be one i don't know maybe yeah. morning bells one i don't know um, but a lot of people said that the song was about the depression and the weird anxiety that came from the last album cycle and tour
1: yeah maybe maybe not probably i don't know who knows either way it's a fantastic song yeah should we move on to track number 2 title track yes kid a. kid a kid a track number two um this one I think it's a little bit more more out there than the last one, yeah, this one's definitely more minimalistic and it features like more loops, yeah uh a little bit less flowy, a little bit less cohesive in a way. I agree, I think there's well,
0: I can't tell, but it sounds like there's an at least a, a drum set playing it part of the song, yeah, so you get
1: that going, yeah, um, the vocals heavily distorted, you heavily can't really affected. understand it unless you are reading the lyric book with it, yeah, so this is one where um, I'd say the
0: vocals are as as Tom York had wanted another layer to the music yeah, here yeah. as opposed to being in the forefront.
1: I read an interview with someone and they asked Tom York about this song mm-hmm. and he said that they literally he just like was writing down random short lyrics on paper and then he just kind of picked out some yeah. that he liked. And, you, and so it really doesn't have too much of a meaning. You can't even understand it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some people said that the Kid A was the uh, an artificial intelligence baby that was born. Yeah And that the the music here is kind of like a lullaby Like some of it almost sounds like Something a, weird a child like lullaby. that Well uh, I think Tom York said that wasn't what the idea
1: But he likes it A lot of people Yeah a lot of people who have said that that's what this whole album is about It's like the birth of Kid A And then like the ending of it is his death And Tom York I think Tom York had said like No and like not really Like that's not really the purpose of the album But like hey there's probably already a doctor Who's made a uh, yeah. Who has already made kid eh? A yeah, he, think he, like he's that. like he's
0: like I'm not gonna dismiss it, but that's not really what we
1: were going for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that happens for a couple of the songs because the lyrics are so ambiguous that he's like, well, I guess yeah, like if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, not exactly what we're going for, but yeah. Should I move on? Yeah. So track number
0: three. Track number three. My next recommendation is just a fantastic, the longest song. song on the record, I believe. Uh, uh close, if, close. I think so. Yeah. Um, it's the national anthem. Yeah. Not
1: by Francis Scott Key, though. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's, it's um, not. No, yeah, the song was originally called Actually, Everyone. I'm very incorrect.
0: Francis Scott Key's song was called uh, Star Spangled Banner. It just happens to be our national
1: anthem. Oh. <laughs> you knew what I meant. Yeah. little brain fart. But... Anyway, apparently they had they had been trying to write this song for the past couple albums.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tom York had written the bass line in like high school. Yeah, when he was young. They recorded early
1: versions for OK Computer, and they're like, we don't want to release this as a B B side. It's too yeah. good. Yeah, and they it was tentatively tentatively going to be named Everyone, I believe. Something like that.
0: Something like that. I don't
1: know. A lot of the lyrics are that everyone, everyone around here, yeah,
0: and that that Timmy <laughs> weird everyone affected
1: vocal such a weird sound on the vocals but anyway yeah there's a super good driving bass line do 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 the whole song and then the drums come in <laughs> <laughs> and this is like the first song where it's like maybe if you were listening to it for the first time at the time it came out you were like oh alright yeah this is like
0: old Radiohead <laughs> this, this is the only song on the album that's you could say is a quote unquote Rock song. Rock
1: song, yeah. It's not
0: even really a rock song, but it's it's got it, it, I mean if, like it's definitely the if you're gonna headbang to, to anything on this song, this album it would be this one. Yeah. Um but this gets wild. It does. Song.
1: There's a crazy horn section in the bridge. But they start off kinda slower,
0: bump bump, dun, dun 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 and then yeah. they get more and more wild and chaotic. Yeah. It's uh, with Johnny Greenwood, the guitar player.
1: Um
0: was the only member in the band who had any music theory knowledge mm-hmm. and he wrote the uh the horn parts for this and for um the next song we'll talk about that afterwards but yeah
1: and he also played uh the owned I believe it's pronounced Martineau. I have Own probably Martinot. something like that
0: or as yeah. I would say the Ondes Martinot
1: yeah <laughs> Um, which was like a French um, instrument created by a French guy. Yeah, that composers like Olivier Messiaen used. Yeah, Messiaen um, kind of
0: thrust it into popularity, or at least into recognition. Yeah, he he used it. And he yeah, was, and it's, famous, it's kind of
1: it. it has like the same type of principles as the theremin. Yes, except if you play actual keys, yes. or you actually physically touch the one where you want the pitch to be and whatnot. When when I
0: heard it the first time, I was like, that sounds just like a theremin. That's that's what I thought. Yeah. And Um,
1: I watched a video on it today and and there was a guy explaining it. it, And the guy interviewing him was like, isn't this kind of like the theremin? And he was like, yeah, pretty much the same thing, except with the theremin, you literally have one hand control the volume and one hand control the pitch. Mm -hmm. And with this, you have one hand push a button to control the volume and another hand play keys to control the pitch Mm -hmm. and vibrato or use that like metal ring. To move it along a string and create the pitch that way, it looks. It looks less like it'd be futuristic su- than a theremin, though. Yeah, it looks like it'd be super fun to play. Theremin
0: looks like it's played by aliens. This at least looks like a human instrument.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, but they said the idea behind the sound of it was like a radio broadcaster trying to find the frequency. Interesting. I can and, see And and like that's kind of the sound that they were going for with that, like the.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, yeah. But anyway, I. I thought that instrument was super cool. It's
0: a really cool. And you can look it up yeah. on, on uh, YouTube. Um, it's the, like we said before, it's, if you're going to go phonetically, it's Andes
1: Martinot. <laughs> just type that in. O-N-D-E-S-M-A-R-T-E-N-O-T. Yeah. Just look that up on YouTube. You can find videos of it. And if you're French, just take out all the consonants and then pronounce it.
0: Oui. Let's move on to track number four. Yes. This song is called How to Disappear Completely.
1: Yes, um, fantastic I'd, I'd, song. I'd say this is a pretty popular one off of the. the yeah, yeah, it's a a really great song. I think it really kind of captures the way Tom York was feeling after that tour, and or well on that tour. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely a classic melancholic song because Radiohead sometimes has those. I want to say emo, but like you know, like the sad kind of vibe songs and this is yeah yeah. this is the first song that you get on this record i think that actually feels like that
1: yeah um just like the the way that they construct the music too they like have like really light like keyboard sounds and then eventually like a drum comes in a really really kind of like quiet drum beat comes in and to me like the the lyrics match the music in the song so like perfectly Mm -hmm. um i agree which is kind of a, how a lot of these songs go. Yeah.
0: Apparently, Tommy York said this song was inspired by a dream of floating around
1: Like, like as a city. ghost in a city? Yeah. Or just yeah.
0: out-of-body experience. Either way.
1: Yeah. Um, Which I, I know, could see that,
0: too. song could be about literally being invisible or dying or just leaving. Yeah. Who knows? Or just isolating yourself. Yeah. Johnny Greenwood had written the uh, string arrangements for this. And I don't know if yeah. you read about that, but... Um, when he brought the uh, the score to the uh, actual actual players, the instrumentalists, yeah, some of them were kind of laughing because what he did was like almost impossible to play like, oh, on, really? on, on the violins and on some of the instruments. Because he's, he's he he knows music theory, but he's not a like, he's
1: never like played a like is not a violinist. Yeah, that's
0: why like classical composers have vast knowledge on each instrument, so they know what's what's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so. Um, I think the director just said, just give it a try and be imaginative or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you can look up some articles on that and
1: hmm. get some more That's information. But it is
0: pretty interesting. Hmm. Shall I move on to track number five? Track number five? I definitely, definitely did not recommend this song. No.
1: Um, I wrote down one interesting thing about it, though.
0: About track number five called Tree Fingers.
1: Yeah, it's called Tree Fingers. It's an instrumental track. Um, and it was used in the movie Memento. Yeah, that's because it I mean, sounds like it's a good background thing. Because it sounds like
0: just noise.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, it was interesting, right? Like, I mean, like because that's what instrumental tracks are typically used for nowadays. Is I suppose so. Is like being at least that type of instrumental mm-hmm. track. This is the skipper song for me. Um, I mean, I always, I always listen to it. Just I know you do. It's it, not that long. And it it's like it, an interlude, like in the yeah. middle of the album. Yeah, it just kind of like separates the B side and A side.
0: The only thing I can say about it. Uh, about how I can appreciate it is that every, the, the sounds came from a guitar. Okay. Because um, it doesn't sound at all like a guitar. Yeah. Uh, but they, they did. But that's enough about that song, Tree Fingers. Let's move on to track number six, Optimistic. Optimistic. Yeah. This song is a lot less electronic than some of the, the prior songs, I think. Yeah. I think we're about to go more traditional full band sound for the next couple of songs.
1: Yeah, it almost it almost seems like this song might have gotten the most radio play. Yes, well, like was it I, the most radio-friendly it yeah. song. It's got that uh,
0: that kind of weird thumping beat on the toms. If you want to say one thing that's kind of driving the song, I'd say yeah. It's I also the drums. wrote down
1: that there were sound like there were guitars. Oh, it, oh so, definitely guitars. Yeah, and there heard drums, so a little bit more uh, formal. I really formal, like the, the, the guitars on this song, mm-hmm. um, and they they have a bunch of different parts that
0: they kind of string together later on as the song goes. I think like in the second chorus there's the one guitar that has the build up the <laughs> and then it it comes down yeah. and it almost is like a, a eastern sounding arpeggio, yeah. like eastern music. It's really, really cool. And every time I hear that I'm like, ooh. It's just it's a really cool little line. Um, yeah. But like earlier in the song, the, those sections are split up and happen at different times and they add them together as the song goes on. It's
1: really, really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the song. Yeah. I think um, it,
0: it is about being optimistic too. Yeah. It's, uh, what it's, I not would a, say, it's not a joke.
1: What I would say is that it's a realist view of being optimistic. Because yeah. the chorus is, you can try the best you can. You can try the best you can. The best you can is good enough. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, that is optimistic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a fantastic song. Shall we... Move on to... The outro of
0: this song, you mean? The outro? Yeah, let's move on to that. Okay, yeah. There is a little outro that I really like. Uh, it has a similar sound from, from the song Optimistic, like similar like melody kind of going on, but over top of these like jazzy sounding drums. Oh,
1: doof, yeah. Doof, 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 yeah, I like, forgot about that. It just sounds really cool. And you're like, what in the world? Yeah. And it only happens for maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, it's almost like if there was a... What is that like akin to? If there was, it's like if like a you,
0: band played their last song and, and then the house music comes up. The in house effect. music comes up, yeah. <laughs> and and it sounds
1: kind of similar to what the band, like the band style yeah. would play. That's funny, yeah.
0: So I don't know why it's there. I, I couldn't find a reason why. I'm sure if I dug deeper, I could, but I didn't know why. Maybe it's really kind, it kind of a kind of a segue. I don't like know, like a segue to the next song, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because the next song is about a long segue. <laughs> um, track number seven is called "In Limbo." <laughs> Um <laughs> that
1: was a good joke. <laughs>
0: it was a good one. Yeah. Um this song was originally titled Lost at Sea which they say in the song but yeah. both of those titles would be fitting for for what they're going for there. Yeah. Um it's got a very
1: floaty feel. It does, yeah. Um those, like, it has guitar. like <laughs> arpeggiated guitar I was like do 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 do
0: do 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 ominous repetitive sound and you feel yeah. I, I could see this having like an in, in limbo actually being in limbo feel yeah it's, it's very well, that's very kind well of like
1: what their goal that's like whether this is the song is very inspired by the actual limbo like dante's um, from like dante's inferno yeah. where um babies who like baptized babies who died go to await heaven or hell yeah you're stuck in the middle and then you're um Clowns to Whatever. the left of me Jokers to the right Here, Here I, am, I am Stuck, stuck in limbo, limbo <laughs> With <laughs> you Stuck in limbo with you um, That's why Steve's joke was very funny Oh yeah <laughs> A long interlude <laughs> <laughs> Holy, oh, <that's> sick.
0: <sighs> Let's move on to track number 8 shall we Okay yeah Track number 8 is called Idiotech oh, I love this song um, This has a very metallic looped drum machine beat That starts at the very beginning And kind of remains the entire time and it sounds like a disco song. Um, like over in Europe they like they go to clubs that are called discotheques. Yeah. Um, so this is like a mix between idiots or some people said idiosyncrasies, I don't know. I think it's idiot and discotech.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh well tech apparently T E Q E is apparently like collection of something. Yeah. So idiotech is like a collection of idiots. And a lot of people say that it's like about um, references to like the advances of technology and how it's actually harming us as human beings instead of that or whatever. Or it's about global warming. Or and keep in mind this came out in two thousand. Yeah, and they were I guess they were very frightened of global warming in two thousand, like the band was.
0: Yeah, for good
1: reason. Um, um, now that I look yeah. at my
0: notes, I know why you were talking about Paul Lasky and Arthur Yeah, Krieger. yeah, they took samples from them. They sampled song. a song yep. called Mild Unlis. Um, and did you listen to the sample? I did not. Um, you'll recognize it as soon as you listen to it. You can find it on Wikipedia, like just a little sure, wave yeah. file. Um, but they, they... I was reading about it, and they said they... Thought that I think they thought they wrote it or they got it from somewhere, and then after like a while, they're like, Oh crap, we sampled this! Oh, <laughs> and so they had to send it to these guys. That's so funny. They sent them their finished song. Um, yeah, so they're they sent like, them hey, Idiotech and like, Can we use a sample? Here's what we're using it in. The guys are like, Yes, because they're classical composers. They're like, Sure, why not? <laughs> you can use our song,
1: maybe we'll give, get yeah. famous. It's a really it's cool, really cool song, though. It's got a lot of super cool, it's like super groovy. Like I think I grew up to it anyway I do too Whenever I, is, whenever it comes on I'm always like Yes This was one of the songs that I didn't
0: immediately like But I got, it didn't take too long I got this one fairly Quickly after
1: that Weird drums
0: ka, ka. I'll tell you what song I got into much more quickly The next one Track number 9 Morning Bell Which is my next recommendation
1: Morning Bell Morning Bell um,
0: This also has a drum beat that starts off the song, but it's not like, as loopy or electronic sounding as yeah, idiotec.
1: Yeah, um, still good though.
0: Yeah, so it, it sounds kind of filling after that after the uh, the drums play for a little bit, a little dark and ominous. Yeah, um, in the verses, but once the like I don't know if it's a refrain or what you want to call it, the song opens up and turns like from starting out as a dark and ominous thing into this huge like luscious, Release really beautiful sounding me. thing. Yeah, yeah bum boom, bum 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 yeah really really cool sounding it's just a a great great little crescendo or whatever you want to call
1: it yeah for sure yeah
0: also the thing that struck me um when i first heard this was cut the kids in half yeah cut the kids in half cut the
1: kids in half i was like
0: what in the world um some people said this was about divorce maybe that's what it was tom york i think said it was not about divorce yeah he said it was about a ghost
1: Yeah, he said that, like, after the OK Computer Tour, he bought a house, and there was a ghost in it. A friendly ghost. 100%. A ghost. And he recorded a whole bunch of stuff on, like, a mini-disc, and then apparently it, like, got deleted or something. And then on the way home from, like, a show in Japan or somewhere, he said he was on the plane, he wasn't able to sleep, and then all of a sudden, everything for this song came back to him. (laughs) And then he... That's what the song is. Interesting. So... Uh, but then he, uh, someone asked, well, like, well, doesn't it seem like it's also about divorce? And he was like, yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. He, <laughs> he was he, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can he, see that. <laughs> he's very much like that. Like, if that's what you think, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're very good with the flow. But uh, we should mention that there is another version of this. Another version on, in a
0: different time signature in the very next album, which yeah. is called Amnesiac.
1: Which is basically a whole bunch of bonus tracks. Yeah. It was That didn't well they, make it onto Kid A.
0: It wasn't that they were B-sides. Right. I, they consciously separated the songs. Right. Um, into what they thought would be two cohesive albums. More cohesive albums. albums, yeah. I say that because when they were, before they released either of them, they were... Um, what was the song about the knives on, on Amnesiac? Do you remember what I'm talking about like Knives Out or something? Or is that the movie? I mean, there is a movie called Knives Out. It's something about knives. Stick the knives... Pull up, Take the put away the knives and the coconut. And Are you looking it
1: up right now? Pull the knives. Yeah, give me a second.
0: Knives away. Um, knives fly. Knives. I almost in the back. forgot how
1: I was, what, what band we were talking about. I was knives. like, Radiohead. Okay. What was
0: that song called? Knives or something?
1: Knives in the coconut and mix them all up. Um, dangerous. Amnesiac. Knives. Sharpen the knives kitchen knives you on whose army i might be wrong Pairing The song knives. is called knives out oh so it was i just yeah. <laughs> the movie was really making me doubt myself <laughs> yeah, that great was also movie, a movie also if you see knives
0: out it's a it's a really fun It movie that is a parody of a Who It movie while also being a phenomenal Who It movie <laughs> um but yeah uh, knives out they were playing that one live and people loved it oh really and they, like they, they chose to put it on the second album
1: huh because people were like where's knives out it's supposed to be on kid a oh wow interesting yeah. Maybe that was just like a big middle finger to all the people who wanted it to be on Kid's A. (laughs) Could be. Kid A, I mean. The the version of Morning Bell on Amnesiac's 4-4, the one on here is 5-4. Yeah, it's a lot different.
0: I like the one on Kid A way better. But the Amnesiac one's interesting to listen to after being familiar with that one.
1: Should we move on to the last track? Yeah. My last recommendation? Uh, Probably the most depressing song on the album. Not sounding wise, though. Not sounding wise, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Motion picture soundtrack.
0: Yeah, This song caught me off guard the most when I listened to the album yeah, the first Yeah, because
1: it's definitely like way more melodic, way more... Um, oh, yeah. It sounds... Like a Disney like, motion it picture sounds soundtrack. Like choral. Yeah,
0: it sounds like a choral piece of yeah. music. It starts off with that church pipe organ sounding yeah. instrument. Yeah. Um, and his vocals come in. Almost hymnal. Yeah, it is. it does sound hymnal until yeah. about halfway through when the church organ's done.
1: Then the harps come it's in. It's the
0: glissando flowing harps just like yeah yeah and they're like in stereo some playing all like all over the place you're like wow
1: yeah this yeah. is so happy and pleasant <laughs> and then you look at the lyrics and you're like well very depressing maybe not yeah he talks about um drinking cheap wine and sleeping pills and i'm not so i'm not sure if it's a, about suicide no, yeah, that, to someone... join someone
0: else or if it's just to take you away mentally for a while yeah. to just as an escape because yeah, there, there someone, are other things he's talking about movies and other things to escape as well
1: yeah I think Tom York kind of mentioned that he was like because um, the last line in, is in, in the song is see you in the next life yeah right and then someone was like is this song about suicide and then Tom York was like I don't ever remember the ending of the song being about suicide I just <laughs> remember there being like angels She's like oh, I don't remember that so it was probably, like, it doesn't have to be viewed through that one lens. Like, it's super easy to kind of take this song and put it through that lens, you know? Agreed. Um, so maybe it's just about, yeah, just trying to escape, like, mentally, or just trying to get away from a certain something, or if you did lose someone, or you are in the process of losing someone, or something like that, like, just the line, I'll see you in the next life, could just mean that. It very well could. You know, so... Um, thank you Craig. And then there is a, a, bonus, a bonus track. track. Uh, or a it's another, track. It's another instrumental track. Yeah. So like whenever they first released it, after a minute of silence, this would come on for like a minute. And then another minute of silence would happen. I believe they called it Tree Toes. Tree Toes? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I think it was just
0: untitled. Tree Toes Vodka. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's Kid A. That is Kid A in a nutshell. In a tree finger nutshell. Yeah. I'm um, very, very crazy album.
1: It really is. Like it's And again, uh,
0: having listened to it after the fact, it's not as wild as it was at the time. Yeah. Like for this to be a mainstream album from such a prominent
1: rock band. Yeah, that would be like I mean that, that would be, be like, like Green if, Day uh, putting out a weird Yeah, like put out some like weird like electronic or it didn't even wouldn't even have to be like electronic, like some weird like experimental exper- yeah. Yeah. You you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like if some really popular band at the time. It'd be like if Billie Eilish like changed her whole sound. If she became a, uh, if she became like a punk rocker, country western, or a country western. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man.
0: I don't yeah. know if that would translate like that, but yeah, but it, it was it was off the walls at the time. I'm definitely (laughs) worth listening, and it's it's worth giving multiple listens because you might if you don't like it the first time, just give it a try.
1: And that's our general rule for any album that you're gonna listen to for the first time: listen to it like five or six times before you make a final judgment on whether or not you like it.
0: Animal Collective,
1: I had to listen to
0: Strawberry Jam probably like thirty nine forty times.
1: Yeah, and I was like, I guess I don't hate it. See, I listened to it for first listen. I was like, this is great. I love this. First listen, I was like take me now lord (laughs) um um anyway uh billy eilish i uh saw a meme about her yeah and it was her face on a bagpipe and then it was like because i'm a bagpipe duh and then bagpipe sounds (laughs) that's that's pretty funny because i'm a
0: bagpipe (laughs) i can't even do a bagpipe i wish i could do a bagpipe sound Uh, Oh, man. But anyway. I'm looking forward to next week. We're back to a regularly formatted episode where... um, I don't know which one we're going to do first, uh, but we're we're doing the thing where we cut the episodes into individual albums. Um, So I have recommended for Jesse to listen to Enemy of the World by
1: uh, Four Years Strong. Yes, and I have listened... (laughs) And I have recommended for Steve, uh, Claro's album, Immunity, which came out last year. Yeah, Four Years Strong came out like... Ten years ago, yeah, it did. Wow,
0: it really did. I was, I was when I was thinking that you're like
1: I'm, ten years, ten years. Yeah, it was one of those moments where you're like, it only came out ten years ago. Wait a second, that's ten years ago.
0: Yeah, because I think I still think of that as like a relatively new album. And they've I had, still think
1: of ten years ago as two thousand. Uh, yeah, or like two thousand five.
0: Uh, I relate everything to the year two thousand. When someone says this happened in nineteen eighty, I was like, oh, only twenty years ago. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Forty years ago. Yep. Uh, oh dear lord.
1: Anyways, older. Um, before older. we sign off, let's, let's revisit our beer, shall we? Yeah, one last time. I don't think the taste um, has really, the taste hasn't switched as it warmed up. hasn't changed too much. The um, thing
0: I, I want to say though is I didn't get too much barrel age flavor. Did you? Mm-mm. I didn't either. I'm not disappointed about well, what it. Were
1: the, what are they barrel aged in? Um, Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey. whiskey barrels. barrels. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. I didn't get too much whiskey, good. but maybe they only barrel aged it for a little bit. Could be. Um, I'm I'm not disappointed that
0: I don't get it. No, it still no, tastes true. really good. Yeah, it's good beer.
1: Yeah, I'm sure if you had this side by side with the thing before they barrel aged it, it would probably taste a little bit different. Oh, probably you could probably pick out some little notes here and there. Yeah, but yeah. But overall, overall good beer. A good beer. Yeah,
0: I can't say that I'll ever have this one again because uh, they bottled it once and and who knows if they'll ever bring it back. Yep. Well, I still have one, so there you go. But uh, I, I will have share more later. various artist beers in the future. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Check them out if you're in Nashville. They're great. Yep, they are. Pat. That's his name, right? Pat. I think Th- so. He taught us clackers. Good guy. Yep. Anyways, that's what I was saying. Brews and tunes. American Bruising Tunes.
1: Down the Kid A Hatch. And if you have... Um, an album you want to recommend to us for a one off? Drop us a line. Uh, you can Hit contact us, us on Instagram, any of those social
0: medias. Twitter, Facebook. Just look up American Brews and Tunes. That's all you yep. got to do. You'll find us. Or you can send us an email at Bruise and Tunes at gmail.com. I believe that's what it is. I believe so. As I never well.
1: go on there, but I believe that's what it is.
0: It definitely is. Okay. Um, anyways, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse. Titus. And thanks for joining us on a very fun episode of American Brews and Tunes. Oh Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good
1: song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. shibbity day